are listening to a podcast from joettecalabrese.com, where nationally certified American homeopath, public speaker, and author Joette Calabrese shares her passion for helping families stay healthy through homeopathy and nutrient-dense nutrition. This is Jendi, and I'm back again with Joette Calabrese, and I am looking forward to learning more of on the subject of what to expect after using a homeopathic remedy. So in our last podcast, we talked about using homeopathic remedies for acute conditions, and I have used them for colds and headaches for my kids, so I now turn to the homeopathic remedy instead of a store-bought drug, and um, I'm looking forward to hearing what happens when there's a condition that continues or has been for a while, as you call it, a chronic condition. Yes, yes. So last week in part one, we covered the kind of results we would look for when using homeopathy to address acute situations, you know, such as fever, like you said, otitis, media, sore throats, headaches, bee stings, things like that. So acute problems are relatively straightforward compared to with what to expect when dealing with chronic conditions. That is, you know, it only takes a f- only a few minutes, hours, or maybe a couple of days to know that you've chosen the remedy correct. But in a chronic condition, because it's a longer lasting one, it's different. Certainly there are also signs along the road that we can look for to reassure us that we are on the correct path or to redirect us if we're on the wrong path. So um, here's the first one. When addressing a chronic illness, the length of time that we need to stick with the protocol is generally about a month to two months. So that gives us information in and of itself that tells us that it is a matter of pacing. Think of it this way, you know, Allegro is the acute uh, pace and Adagio is the chronic pace. So we don't expect something that's a chronic illness that's been going on for many years or decades, sometimes months, but more often it's years or decades to completely clear up overnight like we would a headache that just started three hours ago. So, in general, it's usually best to observe a chronic protocol for over that two-month period of time before there's an assessment. And to give you an idea of what this means, for a four-year-old, I'd expect sleep to be reestablished within a few weeks, Uh, whereas someone who's older, it might take a lot longer for it to be reestablished. Someone who's had insomnia for, say, you know, five years, it might take many weeks, so it would be a couple of months. Mind you, these are examples of what might occur, so don't hold these degrees of length of time to specific scrutiny. I'm kind of giving you an overview. So it can take time, perhaps months, but it is a march in the direction of wholeness, and we have to remember that along the way, that we must, we're looking for improvement, prompting you to continue with your remedies in the same fashion. So if you've decided to use a remedy twice daily, um, and you're going to use that every day for those you know, for, for a full month when you need to stick with that. Don't waver because if you waver, you'll never be able to get back to, well, I mean, you, not never, but you'll certainly question yourself and wonder whether or not you've made the, the correct decision. So when a remedy is working, we must not tinker with success. And this is one of the catches that most people get stuck on. As much as we want the remedy to move quickly, uh, because we're so, again, accustomed to seeing an acute situation resolve so quickly, we must hold our ground. Once the remedy no longer acts, 
and there's no improvement at all, and there's nothing left to be realized, then and only then is it time to abandon it and move on. So undeniably, there are three steps forward with a step or two back. So you might see, oh my gosh, I'm doing so well, but oh no, now it's not doing so well again. So if we think of it as a moving up the ladder and we're getting closer and closer to wellness, we might take a couple of steps forward and a step back. But we're looking for greater and greater strides over this time that holds the vital evidence. And what I mean by that is, If this information is not realized simply because the information wasn't logged properly and referred to with accuracy, it will toss the prescriber and the sufferer about like a schooner without a rudder. So what I mean by that is you need to keep really careful notes when it comes to a chronic illness, you real and even acutes for that matter. How do you keep track of all this? And I know you said write it down. Is there any way that I can make it easier? Because I'm constantly, (laughs) I'm a busy mom doing all kinds of things through the day. Right. This is where I stress how important, how absolutely crucial it is to take notes at the onset of taking the case. Don't think you're going to remember this. And also you want to, um, along with numerical values, compare them to a two-month outcome. So what I mean by numerical values is you're going to be asking yourself, if it's for yourself or for a family member, on a scale of one to ten, how severe is this pain, for example? 10 is the worst, zero is no pain at all. You want that number because, and you want that, let's say it's a headache, we want that by the headaches that are coming. On a scale of one to 10, it's a, let's say, a seven. We have to know this because if in two months the headaches are still occurring, but now there are four, that shows improvement. We have to make the assumption that the remedy did that. Now, we don't always know that it's the remedy that did it. Could be Indeed, the sun is out. Could be life is better. But um, uh, life does that. It has its ebbs and flows. And this is the only constant is the remedy. So we at least have to consider that as our baseline. And um, always be open to the possibility it could have been something else. But um, since we have no way of holding life to a constant, it's all we've got. So I want to remind folks that we're prone to that forgetfulness and inaccuracy when it comes, especially when it comes to illness. This is particularly so when dealing with the suffering of loved ones. You know, if your child is suffering and they say, oh, I got another headache, mom, it's another headache, you can't help but say, okay, well, I guess the remedy's not working, when really you're not, you have to go back to your records. So when we have clear proof in the form of our notes showing us that, yes, things are getting better. Not only does it let us know that we're on the right track and that we should stick with it, but it reignites our hope, of course, for the future of it being resolved completely. Um, Hence, when taking notes for the case, the questions to ask and then compare every two, two months need to include, again, on a scale of one to 10, what is, what is the intensity of the symptom? Number two, how often do the symptoms occur and how long do they last? So we, but remember, don't force this to fit. In other words, be honest with yourself. If you blew it, own up to it. We don't want to pretend that the remedy worked when it didn't. We really want real science here. We want this as close as uh, as we possibly can to the to the truth. So don't encourage the person or yourself to believe that they are better if they're not. And sometimes if it's a kid and they're in the middle of vomiting or diarrhea and I've given them the remedy, 
but you want them to feel better right away. And you think that there should be more that you should do, right? Right, right. And the hardest part of being a mother, homeopath, mother slash homeopath, is the pressures that arise by simply being um, available to the person, to their child. Just by being there, they, they entreat you. This is where being a mother and holding their head, giving them a hot water bottle, encouraging them with gentle words can make the difference until the remedy kicks in. Now, again, what we're talking about here is more uh, is closer to um, an, an acute problem. I just talked to someone who said her mother used to uh, distribute cuddles instead of drugs, and it's a great way to look at it. If someone is vomiting relentlessly, let's go back to an acute for a second. If they're vomiting relentlessly and they want the remedy to, they want you to give more remedies or a different remedy because it hasn't stopped even though you've just administered it, um, you want to hold firm to it and say, give it a chance to work. We have to give it a chance. So speaking of relentless vomiting, I always like to give a remedy if I can in in these podcasts and little information that you can kind of tuck away. My two top remedies for horrible vomiting, uh, the first is Arsenicum Album 30, and the second one is Veratrum Album 30 every hour or so. And you use only one. You choose one and stick with it. Um, So these are good ones. They're they're worthy of writing down to us, Arsenicum Album 30 or Veratrum Album 30. They're not the only ones, but they're some of the, the my two top favorites for horrible vomiting. And those are for acute symptoms, but if it's chronic, then we have to be patient even longer, right? That's right. You have to stick to your guns, unless, of course, the person is worse. You know, we need to give it a few weeks at least, but when someone you love is entreating you uh, that it's, it's awfully difficult to stay firm, but firm you must be. So, um, I urge listeners tonight or today to be sure to read my corresponding article to this podcast called What to Expect When Using Homeopathy Part 2 for further details. There's a little bit more information and in, in little areas that I've gone off on tangents here and that I didn't in that article. The problem is that expectations are sometimes unrealistic. Some who are familiar with homeopathy's swift results in acute condition expect the same for the chronic, and I can't emphasize this enough. So here's another common occurrence after administering the medicine to a loved one. Um, Folks often don't take full notice of the degree of their improvement. So when someone is suffering, they're saying, I'm vomiting, I'm vomiting, I'm still vomiting. Because the reason for this is that we're not, we, we, we want to get better so much that we entreat those who we, uh, who we believe are in, in power over us, our mothers or our, our wives or whoever it might be, um, to do something sooner. So um, um, I'll, give you an, I'll give you an example. I use the example of my cousin Maria in my article. She was suffering from anxiety and insomnia and some hot flashes for approximately 10 years. So, of course, this was a chronic issue. And when asked to give me a number as to how severe she'd rate her insomnia, now, after having had the remedies for a couple of months on a scale of 0 to 10, with 10 being horrible, referring to my notes because I asked her the same question two months earlier, she responded, Oh, it's about a four, and I was hoping it would be gone by now because I'll be in a play next week. So her expectation was based on the fact that she needed to be in a play. Now, it's up to me as the homeopath to note that she had said it was a 10 before. Now it's four. We've got a 60% improvement. So my notes, and I might not remember this readily, so that's why I have my notes, revealed that she rated it as a 10 last time. And when I ask her how often she's sleepless, she reports that she's able to fall asleep most nights now. 
with the exception of the night before the dress rehearsals. And I'm thinking, that's great. She's thinking, however, no, no, you don't understand. It's before the dress rehearsal. But when someone is sleeping consistently after complaining that insomnia was one of the biggest issues and there is a night or two without uh, restful sleep, then we have to be satisfied with that. We, we can't expect necessarily perfection. And so her anxiety, when I asked her about that, she said, oh, I forgot about that. I guess I haven't had any since the first week of using the remedies. So it's easy to forget, you see, when you've taken these remedies, um, that this is how we used to suffer. This is how I used to suffer and compare it to how you feel now. So my job is to put things into perspective, just as it's the mother homeopath's job to put it in perspective. Remembering that we might have to face that things are indeed not improved. And remember, we're not going to guide them to lead us to believe that things are better when they're not. Um, and we don't tell them what it was last time until after they've given us all this information so that we can compare. Because we may have to go back to the drawing board. We may have chosen the wrong remedies. There's no doubt about it. And we have to be honest. And we'll, I'll be talking more about that actually next week when we've chosen the wrong remedy and what to do about that. So there's no doubt that folks are impatient to feel well. So dates or goals are set as though gaining health is like a financial goal, but the nature of the human body simply doesn't work that way. And if it's clear that Maria has improved, um, I have to point that out to her. That's my job. And my aim is to uproot the problem, not mask it with drugs or supplements or with synthetic vitamins. We all know all about that. And in the way we're doing this, even if we do take two steps forward and a half step back, the goal is we're going for the gold. Um, hence, our standards are solid, and they may take a little longer to achieve. But meanwhile, we can at least enjoy knowing that improvement has been shown and there's more to come. So we need to not be an average person in our microwave society that wants everything fast. We need to learn that slow and steady is sometimes the only way to achieve genuine health, right? That's right. That's right. And having said this, interestingly, there are plenty of others who report to me that they're very much improved after two months of taking the remedy. So, and once you see that happening in your family and your neighbors and your relatives and friends, you get a, you gain a little bit more confidence and the anxiety is melted away and you can start saying, okay, I'm really getting this. So it's the job of the homeopath to assess the problem, choose the remedy and its application, keep uh, high quality notes and gently remind the sufferer how things have improved if they have and um, tell them that you'll make the adjustments if they have not. Heard you mention about seeing improvement in other areas that's an indicator that the person is improving. So um, like emotions or energy, mood or overall vitality. Can you explain that a little bit? Yes, yes. In other words, we're watching, what we want to see is that um, perhaps the vomiting is not bad. And I'm going to use it as an acute for a moment. Perhaps the vomiting is, is not improved. The person is still um, in the bathroom, but they're not as frightened or they're not as cold, or they say, you know, mom, I think I'm okay now. I think if I just, if I just sit here for a little while, I should be better. When it's a chronic 
problem, they might still have that insomnia, but it doesn't seem to bother them as much. So they may need uh, fewer, um, there's maybe fewer emotional discords. Uh, they may need fewer naps. There might be even uh, improved mental acuity. And again, you're observing, always observing this in people and not telling them. You don't want to tell them that they're improving, you know, unless you absolutely need to, but you want to allow this medicine to act properly without giving them too much encouragement into believing that it is working when indeed may not be. And I know you have some kind of markers or rules. Would you share them with us again? Yeah, yeah. I call them my magic markers of improvement. And they're, they're, if you want to jot them down, you may do so. But certainly that's in the article that accompanies this. The first marker, and I've already discussed it, I touched on it just a few minutes ago, but the first marker is that the symptoms now appear, once the remedy is given, now and it's correct, um, appear with less intensity. So on a scale of one to 10, it's no longer an eight. Now it's becoming more like a six and then maybe like a four. So we want to see that, that pain scale reduced. Um, the second magic marker is a shorter duration of the event of the suffering. So in this scenario, for example, if it's vomiting, the, that it's not happening for as long. And so it's shortening up. And even though the person may have vomited two days ago and then yesterday and then today, now we're seeing that it's only lasting a few minutes instead of hours. So we want to see it lasting for a shorter duration. And the third magic marker is that there are larger spaces between each event. So if someone, again, is vomiting and they're in the bathroom and you're noting that they're actually um, actively doing so, um, that after they've taken the remedy, now it's been three hours since they've had the last episode. So we want to see a larger space between each episode. These are such good things to write down and to keep with the remedies. Because when you're in the middle of dealing with the sickness or the condition going on, then there's something to look at. And, of course, they can listen to this and write them down, or they could print them out probably right from joettecalabrese.com. Yes, certainly. Certainly. That's right. That's right. So, uh, but I, I have these little, I've had these techniques through the years and have fine-tuned them, but you should have seen my medicine closet, what it looked like when I was raising my kids. I had all my notes pasted all over the inside of the cabinet door. So no one would ever see it if the door is closed, of course, but when I opened it up where my remedies were, there were all these reminders and notes and uh, remember to do this and remember to watch for that and be aware of this or that. And that's how um, I learned a lot of this. I mean, I want, the inside of your closet door to be plastered with protocols too, you know, like this information. Otherwise, it's easy to forget this kind of information. We really need someone nudging us, and it's really us reminding ourselves. I kind of have the things in a kitchen cupboard, and I don't know if I would be able to keep that very organized because it's like open shut, you know, <laughs> a lot. But um, I definitely want to have a notebook or something that I can have the information that I collect. And I already have a book to read, so I would like to keep like the things I print out from your blog and uh, the books that I get on homeopathy and keep them together. Yes, yeah, it's great. It's very important to keep yourself organized. Otherwise, when when in a crisis, you won't know where to go. You won't know what to res what your resources are. And I really liked your idea of having the file folders because you said if you scribbled it on a napkin, you could just throw it in the right file folder. 
Right, right. And so for I have I have sons and so I, you know, I was always thinking how can I make this easy and 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 I color coded the the file folder. So my oldest son was a blue folder, my next son was a light blue folder and then my youngest son was a green folder so that I knew instantly how you know to grab their file folder when something was going on and I could um uh find out what happened last time because a lot of times what we see happening um today in someone let's say it's that nausea and vomiting, et cetera, um, we might see that one person is prone to that. And if we open up that file folder, we might find that, oh my goodness, we did this two years ago. And look here, um, our Seneca album really did it, 30, and I only needed to use it three times. I have a record of it happening at that time. Makes it so much easier than to start from scratch because you have a history already. So um, I think it's very valuable to have uh, as much organization as possible. An organized home is a less stressful home. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm working on it. You know, you constantly have to work on it, keeping it straightened up and organized. I do have a question about what if you are working on a chronic condition and you miss a day? Does that really, does that affect the duration at all? No, I don't believe it does. I've I, many times people um, ask me that question, and I said, just continue where you left off, and um, and you'll see it just pick up. I, no, it's not a problem. There, sometimes it's difficult to remember, or you go, you know, you leave for the day, and you don't get home till that late that night, and you were supposed to take the remedy. No, it really has very little bearing on it. It the timing is more critical when it's something that's acute because you're going to want to deal with it and get get it done as soon as possible. The next thing that. I'm wondering about is what happens if I choose the wrong remedy. So will we talk about that soon? Yes, yes. I wish we had more time today to do that, but it really is another subject in and of itself. So yeah, we're going to cover that in our next um, meeting. All right. So I am looking forward to hearing part three in our next podcast. Do you have any parting words for us today? Yes, but I always want to tell uh, moms that is that this is a great place to be ambitious. This is, we can be ambitious mothers, we can be ambitious grandmothers, and you want to find like minds. You want to find other moms and grandmothers who are also ambitious in treating and taking care of themselves and their families. And uh, they can be found everywhere. You can find them in your church, in your synagogue, in your homeschool group, in your local PTA. They're everywhere. So um, I urge you to find like minds. If you don't find them readily, just go to my blog. Hang out there. There are lots of people there, a lot of mothers, families there who are, um, who are and, and, my, and I believe my blog is brimming with motivated mothers. Just read their response to some of these blogs. They share their successes and failures um, after having taken classes or if they've only just been reading the blogs. So uh, find like minds. This is the way you will um, um, accelerate your understanding of this and encourage your life forward in this way. Procure those friendships. for listening to this podcast with Joette Calabrese. If you liked it, please share it with your friends. 